Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Episode 195 for the love of the game. That's right. We are creeping close to 200. Pretty crazy, but it's brought to you, as always, by Bet Online. The Super Bowl is around the corner, and make all your prop bets at Bet Online. It's a packed, packed sports calendar right now. We have the Super Bowl coming up, as I just mentioned. NBA is in the full swing of things. College basketball is in the full swing of things. NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, you name it, Bet Online has it. Head to betonline.ag today and receive 50% off your first welcome bonus. Make sure you use promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts with that said. Episode 195 for the love of the game. Let's get this work. And the winner's home, my man. Speech. First of all, I want to thank my connect. The most important person with all due respect. Thanks to the duffel bag, the brown paper bag, the Nike shoe box for holding all this cash. Okay. Boys in blue who agreed before the badge. Okay. The first pusher who ever made the stash. Okay. The rock boys in the building tonight. Hey. Oh, what a feeling I'm feeling like. Hey. Thanks to the lanes, niggas with bad aim. Thanks to a little change, I tore you up the game. Bullet wounds will stop your buffoonery. Thanks to the pastor rapping at your eulogy. The little Kim and them, you know the women friend who carry the work cross state for a gentleman. Yeah, thanks to all the hustlers, and most importantly, you. Welcome back, welcome back. Episode 195 for the love of the game on the Bleed Podcast Network is yours truly. Aaron Tobin has ATH. We are back in the saddle. We are back behind the mic, and we have our Super Bowl matchup. The Philadelphia Eagles will be playing the Kansas City Chiefs in about a week and a half from now because we were recording on a Wednesday evening. Let's see how we got there. So Philadelphia took care of San Francisco 31-7. to This game was over in the first quarter. Brock Purdy goes out with a UCL injury. He's out six months, it turns out. Then Josh Johnson comes in, backup quarterback. He gets hurt. Brock Purdy had to come back in the game, and he was no threat to throw the ball, just handing the ball off. I mean, it was 21-7, fourth and four. They would hand the ball off or do a pitch play. I forget what it was. No, they did like this exotic run play to Debo Samuel, goes nowhere. I mean, the game was over. Once you don't have any quarterbacks who are capable – The game was over. I mean, Philadelphia didn't have to guard against the pass for 70% of the game. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. So Philadelphia took care of business. Listen, you could talk about that they had an easy road to get there. You play who's on the schedule. It is what it is. But I wouldn't say that the Philadelphia Eagles look particularly good against the 49ers, especially on offense. I mean, Jalen Hurts didn't look particularly impressive. The run game was okay, but besides for the fact that San Francisco didn't have a a capable quarterback for most of the game, they shot themselves in the foot with tons of penalties. I mean, look at the yardage totals for the Eagles. Not a whole lot of yards, but it didn't matter. The game was over super quick. Philadelphia advances to the Super Bowl. As for Kansas City, well, they took care of the Bengals. 23 to 20. This was a really fun game. And I know the referees were heavily involved. And sometimes you'd say, 
a little too heavily involved. I mean, that weird, we're redoing third down. Like, that was extremely strange. But Kansas City advances. I had fun watching this game. Patrick Mahomes is just a wizard. He's just a wizard. The fact that he played on that ankle, we all saw the hit. He got rolled up on. That looked terrible. Normally, that injury takes four to five weeks to heal. And the fact that he was able to play the way he played, I mean, 326 yards, two TDs, no interceptions. Yeah, he had the one weird fumble. And he made the biggest play of the game was a run, which had a penalty at the end of it. But the fact that he scampered out of a sack, gained eight yards, and put them in position to kick a field goal, just amazing. Was it his best game he's ever played? No. But... Given the circumstances, given the team he was playing against, and given the fact that he was visibly hobbled, it may be his most impressive. Travis Kelsey, another touchdown. I mean, he has 15 career postseason TDs right now. That's pretty remarkable. And even with all this, there's a part of me that still believes that Cincinnati is the better team. When Joe Burrow had the ball late in the fourth quarter, I thought he was for sure going to engineer a drive to at least get three and get the win. The fact that they punted the ball and KC had it back with about 43 seconds left or whatever it was, I was shocked. I thought Joe Burrow was going to get it done. And, yeah, the last play, the Mahomes scramble before the field goal, it was a penalty. I do believe that running quarterbacks are getting more sheltering from the referees, especially when they go out of bounds. I think it's gotten a little ridiculous, but nonetheless, that being said, this was still a penalty and it should have been called. It's just a tough way if you're Cincinnati to lose. And again, there was another eight seconds left, so they easily could have gotten another chunk play to pick up the yardage, out of bounds play, quick play to set up the field goal anyway. But if you're Cincinnati, it's just a tough way to lose. And I think Cincinnati has a tremendously bright future. Obviously, Joe Burrow. You know what I think about Joe Burrow. He's awesome. As long as he's in the mix, Cincinnati is going to be heard from. It's amazing how a guy can just change your franchise when you hit the quarterback position. And that's what Patrick Mahomes has done for the Chiefs. That's what Joe Burrow has done for the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals were a laughing stock, a laughing stock for a long time. And now they're no longer a laughing stock just because that guy's under center. Jamar Chase, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver in the NFL. A lot of people are going to say Justin Jefferson. I think it's Jamar Chase. They have a really good secondary. That even includes Eli Apple, even though I don't think he's particularly good. And he talks a lot of mess, talked a lot of mess, and it came back to bite him in the ass. But Cincinnati's going to be good for a while. They're going to be the class of their division, the AFC North, and they're going to be in the mix – You know, for years to come, as long as Joe Burrow's there and they can keep guys around him, I think the offensive line is going to be better. I mean, they tried to address it in the offseason. Guys got hurt. I think it'll be better next year. Cincinnati will be in the mix again next year. But for Kansas City, I mean, Chris Jones at the end of that game was a monster. When they needed a big play the most, he got them. I mentioned Travis Kelsey. He didn't have the 13-catch game he had the week before. But still, seven catches, 76 yards, a touchdown. Marcus Valdez-Scanling, huge game, 116 yards in a TD. But the story is Patrick Mahomes. 
five years as a starter now, he's been to five straight AFC title games. He will probably have two MVPs by the end of the year because I think he's going to win it this year. This is his third Super Bowl appearance. He's already won one as a chance to win two. In five years as a starter, we take him for granted. Honestly, we do. Patrick Mahomes is underrated, and we take him for granted. People in the media who talk about the NFL take him for granted. Everybody was all on the Bills before the season. The Bills this, the Bills that, presumed champs, the favorites. They're the betting favorites. And all that happens is that Kansas City ends up in the title game and ends up in the Super Bowl again. As great as Josh Allen is, and he was better last year than he was this year. He was sloppier this year, but he's still great. As great as Joe Burrow is, Patrick Mahomes is just another level. It's just another level. It's, he's a little different now. And we take him for granted. We do. Five straight AFC title games in his first five years as a full-time starter. It's The resume is unassailable. If he retired tomorrow without even playing the Super Bowl, he'd be one of the seven or eight best quarterbacks to ever play. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. We take him for granted, and he's underrated. He's absolutely underrated. Crazy. Wild. Absolutely wild. So we've got Kansas City and Philadelphia. I'm not giving my official pick right now in terms of the spread. We're going to do that next week in the pod next week. We'll do prop bets, all that good stuff. But I don't think I'm going to be picking against Patrick Mahomes. That That's just a general rule of thumb to live by, and I'm going to probably continue to live by that rule of thumb. Speaking of great quarterbacks, the gold standard, Sir Thomas Brady, is actually retiring. He announced it this morning on Twitter, did a nice short, sweet video from the beaches in Miami, probably right near my hood where I'm currently located. He was actually very self-aware. He talked about the note that he wrote last year when he retired. He's like, you only get one heartfelt note. I thought that was pretty funny. Good for Tom Brady and greatest of all time. The best to ever do it. Seven Super Bowl titles. Ten Super Bowl appearances. Over 40% of his career he spent playing in the Super Bowl. Wild. Absolutely wild. There's there's never going to be a career like Tom Brady's career in the NFL again. Uh, So enjoy retirement, Tom. Last bit of NFL news. Sean Payton is going to the Broncos. Broncos pony up a first-round pick and a big contract. I just think it's a weird move given where Russell Wilson is in his career right now. I mean, they do have a promising defense, but it's not like they're stacked to draft capital after the Russell Wilson trade. But hey, he got paid. Rich owners, so good for Sean Payton, I guess. A little tennis news, switching gears, a little tennis news. Shout out to Novak Djokovic for winning the Australian Open. That is his 10th Australian Open title, 22 single titles overall. Unbelievable. A little justice for Novak Djokovic after it wasn't allowed in last year due to the vaccine rules in Australia. They're ridiculous, whatever. Comes back this year and wins it. Kudos to Novak Djokovic. A couple of NBA thoughts. I think this is going to be a solo podcast. If we have a guest, I'll stick them in, but I think I'm going solo because the scheduling this week is a little tough. A couple of NBA thoughts that happened over the last seven days in the NBA. 
we had the Nikola Jokic Joel Embiid matchup. They squared off this weekend, this past weekend, and I absolutely love how personal Joel Embiid took this matchup. I love it. Absolutely love it. He gave Jokic a 47 and 13 spot and he came out like he was going to annihilate him. They have mutual respect for each other. It's not like Yo Jokic had a bad game. He had 24 and 8, like whatever. I mean, the fact that that's just like a casual game for Nikola Jokic is crazy, considering at the moment of recording, he's averaging over 25 points a game and he's averaging a triple double. It's a seven footer now, right? But Embiid, after finishing runner up to Jokic the last two years in the MVP, took this game personal. And I absolutely love that about Joel Embiid. I think Joel Embiid gets so much disrespect from NBA fans and NBA media types. The fact that he's not starting in the All-Star game, there is no world where Jason Tatum is a better player than Joel Embiid. Never, not once, no world. The fact that, that, that he's not starting is a crime. It's absolutely a crime. I love how personal he took it. And yes, this will stand out in the minds of voters. Do I think Nikola Jokic is very deserving of winning his third straight MVP? Yeah, he's averaging a triple-double. All the advanced stats are there. The team's winning games are the number one seed in the West. Do I think Joel Embiid is going to get it this year if the numbers are similar? And Philly's ascending in the standings. Right now, they're up to number two in the East. And the East is better than the West. So... Do I think this is the year for Joel Embiid? Yes. It's funny because I would have given it to him or Giannis last year, and Jokic is more deserving this year than he was last year. I'm not saying that he wasn't super deserving last year because he was definitely had an awesome year. All the advanced metrics said it. He brought that team to about 50 wins, and they had nobody. They were hurt all year. But anyway, I think Joel Embiid's going to win the MVP, and taking it to – Nikola Jokic is one of those statement games throughout the year for an MVP candidate that stands out. I mean, that step back three to ice it was absolutely cold-blooded. I love Joel Embiid, and I love the fact that he took this matchup extremely personal. From one monster night to the next, the next night we had Giannis. Giannis, ho-hum, 50-13 and 13 against the Pelicans. The Pelicans are struggling mightily, by the way. That's what happens when Zion Williamson doesn't play and Brandon Ingram's making his way back. But yeah, 50-13 and 13 for Giannis. And what I love so much about Giannis, and you, the video circled Twitter at the night of the game and the morning after, is that he hits the 28-foot three, to give him a 50-piece, and he knew that he needed a three for 50-piece, and you know what? If you're that close to a 50 spot, go for it. I'm totally okay with it. Nails the three. They come down. It's about it's a 20-point game. Milwaukee's, you know, kicking the crap out of them. There's about a minute and a half left, and Giannis is still going for crazy block shots. Go back and look at the video. Like, he attempts a block that's so nuts. And the fact that he still went for it at that time of the game with that score is why I absolutely love Giannis. Because he plays hard every single possession, every single night, and doesn't have an off switch. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. He's the best player in the league. 
We talk about Jokic, we talk about Embiid, Luka, all this. Giannis is the best player in basketball. And if you were going to start a team from scratch, this year, you'd pick Giannis. He's just, he's a freak. He's an absolute freak of nature. He's the best, absolutely the best. And I love watching the guy play. And I probably am the biggest Giannis fan outside of the state of Milwaukee, but it's deserved. Absolutely deserved. Third thing, so we had LeBron James and the no call that was against the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum hacked him on the arm. The end of regulation. Celtics win in overtime. Nobody's talking about the fact that when they were down up three, Jalen Brown goes in for a layup and Patrick Beverly hits him on the head for an end one to tie the game. No one's going to talk about that, but we're going to talk about the no call. And listen, it was a bad no call. But this happens all the time. It happens in all moments of the game. Yet, on the last play, would you like it not to happen? Sure, game tying, you know, potentially game ending drive to the basket. You'd, you'd like for the referees to get it right, but it happens. LeBron's reaction afterwards was so over the top ridiculous. Like he was having like a seizure. Like at some points he was in a yoga pose. It's just the demonstration was absurd. Absolutely absurd. And the fact that he didn't get a technical for that is crazy. And Patrick Beverly getting a technical for showing the referees the camera was pretty funny, but just so ridiculous. It's like this stuff happens all the time in every single game. Act like you've been there before. Absurd, absolutely absurd. And then the referees apologizing, saying it's going to keep them up all night, tweeting that out is just so sickening, disgusting. Like everybody just needs to grow the hell up. And just because it's LeBron James doesn't mean that he's any different, okay? Grow up, LeBron. Grow up, referees. It's time to grow is fine. And the LeBron talking about how every game matters, right? And Laker fans talk about how every game matters and that the Lakers have gotten jobbed by the referees for three games. But if every game matters, LeBron, and you're outside looking in right now to the playoff picture, I mean, four games under 500 at the time of the recording, two and a half out of the final playing spot. But if every game matters, then why are you sitting against the Nets two nights later? Why are you sitting against the Nets? If every game matters, if every game matters right now, he'd be playing back-to-backs. So does every game really matter? Just the Laker fans and LeBron and, and the Lakers, like, you can't take these people seriously. Can't take them seriously. But kudos to the Lakers for last night beating the Knicks in overtime. We'll get to the Knicks in just a second. But that's a good win for the Lakers. LeBron James did play because apparently last night's game mattered. Kudos to the Lakers for being four games under 500, two games out of the playoff spot. So I just mentioned the Knicks. This will end this segment and possibly the episode here. Have a little bit of a Knicks rant. All right. They're 27 and 25. Slightly above 500. Fine. Last night's game was a prime example of why you can't take this team seriously. Because in the fourth quarter, their offense is absolutely disgusting, putrid. 
They don't move the ball. It's all ISO. It's either ISO Julius. It's ISO Brunson. I mean, Jalen Brunson, and and he shot the ball great last night. Took close to 30 shots last night. That's your point guard, okay? That means your offense is a freaking problem if your point guard is taking 30 shots. Whatever, but but he played well, and he's a gamer. Took a, a big charge late against Anthony Davis. Stepped in to take a charge against LeBron. So I can't even dump on Jalen Brunson. But the late game offense stinks. And the numbers bear it out because their fourth quarter offense right now is ranked 26th overall in terms of efficiency. And that's with Jalen Brunson being one of the five best players in clutch moments in terms of scoring efficiency. There's no imagination. There's no ball movement. There's no cutting. And it's just, let's get the ball to Julius Randle, who's putting together a great empty calorie stats season. The regular numbers, counting numbers look great. In the fourth quarter, his numbers are terrible. But Tom Thibodeau still gives him the damn ball and go ISO. And last night at the end of regulation, he goes ISO, misses Jalen Brunson wide open at the top of the key. Like, they don't even get a good shot off. Like, pass the ball, dude. It's just incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Like, Tibbs, how is Brunson not the one dictating the possession last night, the last possession, especially considering the night he had? Like, what is going on here? And then you have the reports of the Knicks looking to trade three first-round picks potentially for OG Ananobi. A nice player. 3 and D player, you know, third or fourth option. When they could have sent that same package, and yeah, other pick swaps and R.J. Barrett for Donovan Mitchell, who's going to make all NBA this year. So you're going to send three first-round picks and maybe some other stuff that we don't know yet. Reportedly, again, nothing's really happened yet, but this is being reported. You're going to send that to the Toronto Raptors for a third option. Our team is filled with third options. You had the opportunity, and I know I rant on this all the fucking time, but you had the opportunity to get a bona fide number one option who's 26 years old, who wants to be here, okay? Wants to be here, or I should say wanted to be here, and you don't pull the trigger because you're giving up too much, and then you're gonna send this package to Toronto for a third option? We are the dumbest franchise in the history of sports. And then there's R.J. Barrett, right? R.J. Barrett, who was deemed untouchable by Nick fans in a Donovan Mitchell trade. R.J. Barrett was benched last night in the fourth quarter and in overtime because he stunk and he's getting benched routinely in major chunks of the fourth quarter. From the seven-minute mark to about the two-minute mark, one-minute mark, and this has been a trend now that's bubbling for the last couple of games, R.J. Barrett sits on the bench. Because Tibbs, and I'm not a huge Tom Thibodeau guy, I just talked about his late-game offense and how it's garbage, Tibbs is starting to realize R.J. Barrett kind of stinks. 
So we couldn't cash that asset in when RJ still had better value around the league. We couldn't cash that asset in and the first round picks for a guy who's going to make all NBA and is an all-star starter this year is 26 years old. But we're going to send three first round picks for another third option. Make it make sense. Make it make sense for the love of God. Make it make sense. I'm already losing my mind and they haven't even pulled the trigger yet. If the Knicks pull the trigger on this trade, I'm going to absolutely lose my mind. Absolutely lose it. Oh, and then there's the fact that Obi Toppin, who's up for a contract extension, has shown flashes, is basically playing under 10 minutes a night and Julius Randle is allowed to do whatever the fuck he wants with no repercussions. Even with his fourth quarter numbers being as garbage as they are, and he was terrible last night. But he can do whatever he wants. But Tim says everybody's treated equally. This franchise is going nowhere fast. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. I, I, I can't. I can't take it anymore with this stupid-ass team. They don't do anything smart ever. The best thing that could happen to the Knicks is that Bob Myers, who's up for a contract extension, doesn't reach an agreement with the Golden State Warriors for some stupid reason, and he decides he needs a new challenge, and he falls in our lap. We get rid of Tibbs. We get rid of Leon Rose. We get rid of Randall. We get rid of RJ and just move the hell on and start again. Gross. Absolutely gross. That's episode 195. I'm sick and tired of the Knicks. I don't care if they make the playoffs. It doesn't matter. This season doesn't matter. Who the hell cares? But yeah, I just went over that. That's episode 195. A little solo episode. Second solo episode of all time. We will be back to regular scheduled programming with the guest next week. Take us out. Oh, boys in the building tonight. Oh, what a feeling I'm feeling like. You don't even gotta bring your paper out. Be the dope boys of the year. Drinks is on the house. The rock boys in the building tonight. Look at how I'm chilling. I'm killing this ice. You don't even gotta bring your purses out. We the dope boys of the year. Drinks is on the house. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.